Are we on? Let's go. Yes. Welcome to another episode of the Uru Labs podcast from uh, Bengaluru. Uh, ever complained about how bad our cities are, how bad your commute is? You'll get to hear from people who are working to solve these problems in their own way. So this is your soapbox for urban sustainability. Do not forget to like, subscribe and share these videos. Check out the entire podcast library and profiles of the guests on the website podcast.urulabs.com. I am Satya Shankaran and with me today is Simon Alvarez Bellon, who is the coordinator for the Bicycle Mayor Network for Bikes Amsterdam. PYCS is an Amsterdam-based not-for-profit which created the Bicycle Mayor Network and I am one of the beneficiaries of that network. It's a network of advocates for bicycling. It's a brainchild of uh, the Bikes co-founder, Marty Fries, who might join us on the show in a little while. Welcome to the show, Simon. Thank you, Satya. Thanks so much for, for having me. Great to be able to, to speak with you today. So one of the things we wanted to do was to demystify this whole bicycle mayor network and uh, who the bicycle mayor is. So let's just ask that question and dive into it straight away. Who is a bicycle mayor, Simon? What does the person do? So a bicycle mayor is a community leader, someone that's very uh, involved in, in their local cycling community, whether that's through activism or leadership or, or whatever avenue that is. And um, they use cycling to, to benefit the, the city and they help accelerate the changes by, um, by bringing citizens together, by taking action, by, creating, um, by bringing creative solutions to the city. Um, and they're also importantly, I think that the people's face and voice for cycling in a city, um, and by connecting all of these change makers across a global network, um, we can help create, you know, more visibility and, uh, solutions, uh, to create a, the radical shift that we need to, to solve the, the crises of our cities. Um, I think who is a bicycle mayor is a very interesting question because there are a lot of different profiles in the, in the network. Um, and so the specific actions that a bicycle mayor takes are really dependent on the city's needs. And I think that's a really important and unique thing to the bicycle mayor network that instead of providing a one size fits all solution to the urban mobility challenges of a city, the bicycle mayor network empowers local leaders that have local knowledge about, you know, the particularities of a city's geography to develop creative solutions and adapt best practices from around the world to what really needs to happen in, in their city. So, um, yeah, that's why I think there's such a cool uh, and vibrant diverse, diversity of, of actions that have profiles in, uh, in the entire network. How, how big is the network, Simon? Because last I remember was at least 150 strong. I don't know how big it is now. Yeah, right now it's, a, it's around 150. It kind of oscillates. Um, we, we grow quite a bit, but at the same time, of course, every two years, which is the standard term for a bicycle mayor, we lose some people. Um, but right now it oscillates around uh, 150, which is massive when you think about, you know, this started in, in 2017. I know we'll we'll get into the history of the network uh, a little bit more later. But um, yeah, I think that's that's quite an uh, impressive growth. Uh, yeah, like I said before, we jump into the history. Is there a typical profile of who a bicycle mayor needs to be when you when you go around? selecting these people, what do you look for in a bicycle mayor? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, partly it's hard to answer. I think we really pay attention to um, when we get an application, we, we really think about, okay, what does this city need? Um, and so based on that, we look at the profile and the application. 
Um, but something that I think is common is that, well, something that's definitely common is that bicycle mayors are really ingrained in their local cycling community. So they have to be people that can really um, establish a network or ha already have a network within their own cities and they can work with different stakeholders. And that's my second point is that usually they're people that can really build bridges between initiatives that are already happening, between policymakers, between grassroots uh, associations, um, because one of the reasons that the network was created is that we, we saw that there was a lack of communication between different bodies and groups, and especially between civil society and policymakers. And so generally, we tend to look for people that can that can play that role. And then, like I said, I think, depending on the city, we, we uh, adapt um, in the application form, we ask several questions, uh, among them, what are the main barriers to your city? And what are the what are your the actions that you propose to solve them? Uh, and so looking for a, a strong connection between those two is really important to us. But it did, it did take a while for you guys to build this network, right? I mean, it's uh, like you were mentioning, it started somewhere around 2017. Uh, how did it start? Who are the first few people and why did you think about it uh, this way as a network? And how long did it take to kind of get to where we are now? Maybe I'll start answering why we started to answer why we started the network. Yeah. Um, and then I'll mm -hmm. get into the history. So um, I think maybe there's four main reasons why we, we started the network. The, the first one is what I already mentioned, this this gap between really important grassroots advocacy and activist work that were happening in communities and what policymakers and urban planners were seeing. Um, we, we thought that there was a big silo there that had to be bridged and the role of the bicycle mayor was one way to do it. A second aspect is that there's a, a lack of diversity, representation, and really consideration for the voices of vulnerable groups in cities um, when it comes to cycling promotion. And so one of the focuses of the network is giving a voice um, to more women and other vulnerable groups so that they can lead uh, and implement um, solutions for them, for those groups. Um, but also that, you know, all bicycle mayors are aware of the importance of um, uh, addressing diversity and addressing groups that are maybe uh, less often uh, paid attention to. That's the second reason. The third one is um, that uh, a huge part of bikes' focus um, is working on the human infrastructure of a, of a city. So um, even though we, are, we definitely uh, know that building a safe separated uh, network of bicycle infrastructure in a city and bicycle parking is really key um, to, to build a, a strong cycling city. It's also really important um, to build the human infrastructure of a city. And by that, we mean addressing the kind of more cultural and soft barriers towards cycling, like the lack of edu education or the lack of access to a bicycle or the lack of confidence to ride a bicycle. Um, so these are all things that we find really important and that bicycle mayors address um, because they're not urban planners that necessarily always make the decisions about what bicycle lane gets built, but they can uh, implement um, campaigns or they can implement projects in their local communities that really help uh, address those soft barriers. And then finally, which I touched on before, um, the, the other reason for the network is the importance, uh, the, the need for a platform of knowledge exchange that also has a sensitivity for context-specific challenges and the importance of highlighting great solutions that are being implemented in the global south. Um, often, when it comes to the promotion of the bicycle, we have a narrow focus on what's happening in Amsterdam and in Copenhagen. 
Um, of course, there are really crucial solutions and uh, standards for how to build a bicycle network that are that we should take from these places. But you can't um, you can't assume that you can build an Amsterdam in Mexico City or New Delhi or in Bengaluru, for example. Um, they're cities with very different geographies, very different challenges. And so there was a strong need for a platform that allowed for people that have um, that can share and communicate, okay, this is, you know, my city struggles with this. It's, you know, it's got this amount of inhabitants and this is what I struggle with. Who else in the network fits that profile and what are you doing to address that? Um, so those are the the four pillars, I think, of why the Bicycle Mayor Network was born and it really guides um, our work within it. Uh, as you mentioned, the Bicycle Mayor Network was born in 2017 with the first Bicycle Mayor being named in Amsterdam. Um, and then the first year, I think the Bicycle Mayor Network grew to, to seven bicycle mayors. And after that, it really exploded. Um, as, as you know, uh, the group of bicycle mayors in India increased uh, in incredibly rapidly. The same thing happened in Latin America. We organized um, a summit in India at one point in Latin America, at another point and later in Europe. And so those are the three places where we're most present now. Um, and slowly we're starting to grow in, in the African continent as well, and slowly in the United States. Um, but yeah, it's been quite quite a journey. Yeah, I'm surprised United States is getting bicycle mares. I think it is, uh, uh, cycling is this one thing that is catching up very rapidly. I can see uh, Europe is catching up very rapidly, but what do you see in these other countries and other continents? Uh, for example, what's happening in Latin America? I, I am privy to some of these conversations because I attend the Bicycle Mayor Network calls and I know mm -hmm. who, who the people are. But for the whole wide world who might be listening and saying, what's going on in these other places? Because uh, you coordinate this network, you might have some insights that will be yeah. useful for people to know. Yeah, so I think there are different challenges for cycling everywhere. Even some cities in Europe are, are very stuck in the car-centric paradigm that we've been living in for the, for the last 70 years. Thankfully, the silver lining of COVID in a way is that it highlighted the incredible potential of the bicycle and mm. the incredible potential of our cities when we change the rules and conditions for, for urban life. Um, I think, like you mentioned, there's really incredible work happening in Latin, in Latin America. There are very kind of innovative solutions that aren't being paid attention to. For example, Bogota, I think, is a reference city for, for the entire world, um, not only in their development of infrastructure, but also how they're paying attention to, for example, um, caregivers. Uh, they, ha they have a really great uh, bicycle sharing system and a way that they've addressed the challenges that caregivers face when using the bicycle is that they've, uh, some of the bicycles that, that are part of that system now come with a child seat or some mm. of them are cargo bikes. And so uh, a small thing like that can really change the fabric of, of a city's urban mobility because all of a sudden, the bicycle becomes an option to so many more people that before then were, were being ignored. So I think that's that's something great that's coming out of uh, Bogota. Maybe something else to highlight is that they have a program uh, in Bicia La Escuela, I think it's called, but I might be I might be mistaken about the name. But it's basically um, a government organized bike bus to school. So there are fixed routes where children bike to school uh, accompanied by by adults and protected mm -hmm. from from the dangers of um, uh, of car traffic uh, and that's really really amazing uh, 
as as you know, there's been a big resurgence of the bike bus um, in Europe. Uh, it started really in Catalonia, uh, mm. which is where I'm located, uh, and it's really great to see. But it's also amazing to see that a city like Bogota has been able to institutionalize that um, and make it uh, an offering that's that's permanent. Yeah, those are maybe a, a few examples of really great things that are that are happening. How do you see this uptake in Africa? I've seen a few of the bicycle mayors from there. The challenges are different in the global south, right? I mean, uh, I, I would think uh, Bogota with its uh, years of uh, work around uh, the BRT and the Ciclovias and things like that, we, we hold them up. That's another Amsterdam from the global south, really. You know, mm-hmm. they have done so many progressive policies. Uh, what do you think of uh, other countries like Africa and India and such places. Do you see any traction in the Far East? Is, is that even yeah. something that's on the um, radar? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to comment on it. Of course, I'm not the most uh, fit person to, to talk about this. I'm sure you know, bicycle mayors uh, would be happy to, to share more about the local challenges. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think some cities in Africa face similar struggles that, that some cities in Europe do, which is a lack of awareness from politicians of the importance of this and really an unequal distribution of space, right? Where Mm. really quite a small minority of the population owns a car, even though that percentage is increasing. But the great majority of a city's um, space is being given to to road traffic. Um, So I think that's a really big challenge. Uh, In terms of public transport, I think there's a very unique challenges where a a lot of uh, West African cities at least use a lot of uh, buses and different forms of public transport that maybe um, you don't see as much in Europe. And there are also yeah, unique solutions that, that are being brought up there. But I really think it'd be super interesting if in the future there's time uh, to speak with someone like like Emmanuel or like Sindile, uh, mm. who, who are doing incredible work as well. Maybe I can mention later a few examples of great projects that bicycle mares are, are bringing forward. And um, yeah, seen, bo- both of them are, are doing great work. Yeah, so I think we should jump into looking at this kind of work that the bicycle mayors are doing uh, and see what are some of the examples you can lay out on how bicycle mayors have been influential in some of these kind of projects in different parts of yeah. the world. Of course, this, like you said, the scenarios can vary. There is more government support in some places than in others. And, you know, so can be that as it may, some people, even in their situation, have been able to make a difference. What are some of the stories that you can... Uh, Sure. You've, you've heard from the yeah. network. Yeah, I'll share some some projects maybe that are quite a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe something to underline that with is that just having a bicycle mayor and being a bicycle mayor, there's a lot more than just these projects. I think a city having a voice for cycling is really important. And there's a lot of background work that happens of just, yeah. you know, talking to urban planners, talking to city officials and that work. Uh, maybe it's less flashy than these projects that I'll mention now, but is also really, really key. Um, but it's less, it's harder to package that. Right. Um, Mm. but maybe some examples of really great work. I mean, uh, there are quite a few, but just to to start off with Sindile, who I just mentioned, um, he has brought the city's, uh, stakeholders for urban mobility together. in I think what is called the active, uh, travel forum for Cape town. Mm Um, mm-hmm. And this has been really this has been really key to so that there can be in a way uh, a lobby for the bicycle and for micro mobility, and finally be, have a united voice against you know what's really challenging sometimes to address uh, uh, the the car centric paradigm. Um, 
something else that he's doing is uh, continuing the work that the former bicycle mayor of Cape Town was doing, uh, had started, which are lessons, cycling lessons for uh, mm. girls and, and women. Um, because like I said, not everyone, uh, not all kind of demographics are as invited um, to, to cycling as, as we think. Um, unfortunately, uh, the cycling world is really, has been really male focused. And, and so it's hard, I think, um, if, if you're not a man and you're not white often to feel like you belong on a bicycle. Um, so I think that's a really great, great project. Um, the Bicycle Mayor of Barcelona, uh, Sandra mm. Llopart, has started this project called uh, Ruta Seguras, which translates to safe routes. And she has created a set of safe routes around the city. Uh, Barcelona is mm-hmm. in, in a really interesting moment for the bicycle, I think, because um, they're really doing a lot to invest in cycle lanes and the uptake has really increased recently. Um, but it needs another push. So mm. we, we have uh, quite an extensive cycling infrastructure network but the connections aren't quite there. And then the cycle lanes that we do have sometimes aren't wide enough um, mm-hmm. for people to feel safe on. So what she's done is connected the pieces of really great infrastructure that we have in the city so that people who aren't as confident on a bicycle know that if they take these routes, they will be really safe. And mm-hmm. so if you want to practice for the first time riding around a city, or if you're a parent and you want to take your, your kids cycling and have them experience what it's like to to own the city and to experience this city on two wheels, they can um, use these different safe cycling routes. So I think that's a really, really simple, but also beautiful project where yeah. you're addressing the the soft barriers and cultural barriers of a city and, and really building the human infrastructure uh, of cycling for a city, as I mentioned before. Um, I think another highlight, uh, which of course you're super familiar with Satya is, is relief riders during COVID, uh, which was a project that you're incredibly involved in and how that uh, was scaled uh, throughout India was really, really magical to see um, how the bicycle was used in a time of crisis to deliver essential supplies uh, to the people that needed them and how through the Bicycle Mayor Network, we were able to take a, a local solution that worked in certain contexts and spread it around the different cities where that was also appropriate. Uh, so that's definitely a highlight. And maybe if if I'm missing some details, you uh, fill them in because I think that was definitely a highlight of of the Bicycle Mayor Network. And during the dark times of COVID, uh, it was a very uplifting story. That was quite interesting for us to collaborate as well. And a lot of bicycle mayors did step in and uh, try to do their best. And uh, it was one of a kind that we all participated in. Uh, a wonderful effort. Um, I'll put some links in the show notes for people to go and read up a little more. Uh, Truta Securidas is something that is very interesting for me because I'm trying to do something similar here is build a network of cycle uh, friendly roads because it's the infrastructure is hard to come by. Uh, mm-hmm. with political will still uh, kind of lagging the kind of uh, change that is required. Uh, these these shortcuts that people take, the back roads, uh, the narrow lanes that we can use in the meanwhile is something that we are trying to map and say, hey, look, there are these streets. You may not be familiar with them if you're going into that area, but here's a handy map. You know, mm-hmm. So we're trying to put that together. So that's a beautiful uh, idea that uh, resonates with some of, uh, some of these things. Maybe I'll, just to mention quickly, I, I should definitely connect you with Spiros as well, uh, the Bicycle Mayor Network, uh, yeah. Bicycle Mayor of Athens. He's done something very similar. Sandra's project focuses more on actual bicycle infrastructure that already exists. Okay. Mm. Spiros in Athens is focused on exactly what you mentioned, which are small streets and back alleys, which 
if you, uh, according to him, if you know them well, if you've got the right knowledge, you can mm. cycle through Al Athens and feel relatively safe because these streets are have very low car traffic. Um, mm. But if no one tells you, you don't know how to get around from one point to, to the next. And so he's created, again, a set of routes and posted them on YouTube of teaching people how you can use uh, this hidden cycling infrastructure, uh, <laughs> yeah. if I may. That came about because our uh, ability to uh, think outside the car is just coming out, right? So you're used to a route going in a motor vehicle. And then you're, um, when you switch to a bicycle, you tend to mimic that route instead of trying to find other ways because you've just been going that way. And yeah. you don't know the narrow routes. You might get stuck somewhere. You don't know if it is safe, it's not. So it's useful to map what people use and then try and use that. So I'll put a link to that that we're building as well. But coming back to when you said you do look for certain uh, traits in bicycle mares but cycling itself is such a wide thing right i mean uh, we talked about contador and your exploits you could be a pogacar or cavendish or anything that's the recreational part of things which most people are attracted to because it's nice and it's fun to do as well the boring part is transforming the city and your commute which has all these challenges of I have traffic, I feel unsafe and all of these things. With this wide variety of expertise that people uh, come from into the Bicycle Mayor Network, how do you reconcile their ability to transform cities or do you not uh, attempt to do that or do you guide people into saying the cities still need to transform and it's not enough if you just keep doing the recreational rights. It's good, it's good fun thing to do. I do that as well. You do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but how do you then transform cities how how do we reconcile those in the bicycle mayor network what are your stories you've heard around that yeah i think that's a really good question um in general when we look for bicycle mayors we really do tend to focus on people that um what they want to work on is that city and urban transformation right um i think like you mentioned a lot of people who are doing that also on the side enjoy uh yeah spending the weekend on on two wheels and going on a road ride or enjoying the mountains or, or, or nature um, but really, when uh, when we look for people, we we make sure that the the focus is um, transforming a city uh, so that everyone can use the bicycle in, in their day to day. Because uh, at the end of the day, that's really what's going to have a very transformational effect on on the climate, on a city's uh, economy, on a city's you know all these other benefits that that the bicycle brings. But at the same time, um, I do think that recreational cycling, depending on where you are, can be a really good way in. For, to make cycling attractive to people. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, but I do think India is one of those places where people really see the benefits of health of cycling uh, as a really important way to, to promote um, this, this mode of transport. And so um, I think it's important to, to toggle that line a little bit, I think, and make sure that you know, you're uh, creating a culture for people to feel more invited to get onto wheels and, and experience the benefit of cycling, whether that's health or, or mental health or, or whatever that may be. And at the same time, um, taking the necessary steps so that the city can leverage that new interest uh, in, in the bicycle to transform the daily life of so many people, right? Um, so yes, I think uh, uh, walking that line is really, really important. 
how do you leverage the benefits of the network for each one how do they participate what are some of the things you guys have put together for people to converse and understand what are the best practices going around uh, on around you talked about a bunch of people how often do they meet where do you get to meet i i participated in a couple of the conferences you mentioned i was there in mexico city and i was mm-hmm. there at the velocity as well beyond that do you have regular stuff that you create as a, as a part of the network? Yeah, definitely. There are, so there's four pillars of how we support bicycle mares and I'll go into each of them briefly. But uh, so the first one would be networking, uh, which is really, really important, right? Uh, we facilitate networking through, mainly through regional calls, which are mi- monthly or bi-monthly calls with bicycle mares from each of the, the different regions around the world. And in these, uh, there are two main things that we do. One is just uh, general best practice exchange where we open the floor and let bicycle mares share the work that they're doing, ask questions, um, ask for feedback from other bicycle mares on that work. So that's that's one way. And then the other thing that we do is we also invite uh, external speakers to speak about their expertise. Um, and that way we can help uh, capacitate bicycle mares. So that's kind of one of the, the pillars. Another one is capacity building, which like I mentioned, regional calls kind of fits into that. But we also have a resource hub with 150 plus resources and guides of best practices that sometimes are hard to find or it's not easy to have all that information in one place. Mm. So we've gone in and done our best to put that together and consolidate it. Um, And we also have a monthly newsletter where we share opportunities and best practices and uh, highlights from the network. Um, And that's a way to to provide more resources to, to bicycle mayors. And then finally, we also offer kind of individual con- consulting or individual help. We're always available, myself and the rest of the Bicycle Mayor Network team, when um, when a Bicycle Mayor is facing certain challenges and, and we help them one-on-one. Um, another avenue is that we, uh, another way we support Bicycle Mayor is by adding legitimacy to the work that they do, just by being part of the Bicycle Mayor Network community and, and network. Um, you're joining... Uh, a platform of um, of legitimized uh, change makers, right? And that that really helps um, a lot of people when they join uh, when they join the bicycle mayor network. A lot of doors open up for them, uh, whether that's conversations with urban planners or local government or different organizations. Uh, they have a foot in the door, and that's really really important for their work. And that's why we are we're also very careful when we select bicycle mayors because we know that there's a certain respect and reputation that comes with being a bicycle mayor. So we ensure that the people that we invite to be bicycle mayors are really high quality and can 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 uh, step up to, to those challenges and represent the network very well. Um, and then finally, there's also, uh, we also have our own bikes programs and projects. And sometimes we facilitate those through the network and offer them as kind of blueprints that bicycle mayors can take. And if we can find funding, we we run them in, in different cities around the world. Legitimacy does bring this question because we do interact with the government quite a bit. And while we introduce ourselves as a bicycle mayor, people are... It goes back to the first question I asked about who is the bicycle mayor. How do people represent themselves? How do governments see this? Is there any backlash you've seen? Do governments feel that this is not a position that is legitimate what is the legitimacy that we can claim to have yeah i think it's uh important to highlight and we always stress this when we're running a bicycle mayor campaign or we're working with a city is that the bicycle mayor is a symbolic role right we we don't claim that the bicycle mayor is an official position for the city it's not tied to government and and so stressing that is very important in general 
people are very receptive to the role, I think, um, because they see and understand that the bicycle mayor is an asset for them in helping them build the bridges that that need to be built um, to, you know, carry out a transformation as, as major as, as they need to. Um, and also they're a great source of knowledge of what what does the cycling community want? What does the cycling community need? Um, what What is happening on the ground, which sometimes it's hard to be in touch with that. So overall, I think cities um, really see them as an asset and are very appreciative of, of the role. And we have cities now, we're at, we're at a place where cities directly come to us. We have a uh, a link on our website, which maybe you can also put in the footnotes where yeah. you can f- fill out a form if you want a bicycle mayor in your city and you want us to, to help you find one. Um, and so we have cities coming to us now. Uh, it, it's also true that sometimes when there's when people don't understand perfectly what the role of a bicycle mayor is, they can feel um, threatened that sometimes the name bicycle mayor, depending on the city and on the country, sometimes the word mayor is can be triggering to people, which is why we we do our, our best to stress, again, that it's not an official position and that uh, being a bicycle mayor, what it means is being part of the bikes network and, and nothing else. But once we clarify that, yeah, cities are, are appreciative and we hope to move more in that in, in a direction where not only do cities see bicycle mayors as important assets, but they see them as key players in the work mm-hmm. that they do to transform the city's transformation. Uh, to transform the city's mobility, sorry. And they can depend on bicycle mayors to implement projects, to collect data, um, and really be, again, a key actor in, in in that mix of important stakeholders that you have to mobilize. No, I've seen that personally. Uh, it is, uh, like you said in the very beginning, a voice to cycling is is something that was missing in most places, right? So if somebody needed to know what's going on in the cycling ecosystem, they need somebody who can speak to that yeah. and they, they, they gravitate towards someone with a title or anybody even close to otherwise they have to hunt around different clubs and groups and you know gather all these things it's convenient for them pick up pick up the phone call the bicycle mayor he might know something hmm. right yeah. and it's it's usually helpful to kind of not necessarily call yourself a spokesperson for all cyclists i, I try to steer clear because i have my niche and can't do everything for everyone uh, but wherever you can try and provide the voice that is uh, required and catalyze some programs, like you said, like the relief writers or whatever it was, you know, if you can think Mm. of something that can bring people together, nothing like it. While the government does interact, there is also the press and media who also uh, come and ask questions and things like that. How do you then kind of, how do you measure outcomes? Because human infrastructure is not necessarily an easy thing to measure. It's about mindsets, it's about social change, it's about how the city is moving, how you're creating a culture, how you're using the voice to bring and gravitate attention towards cycling. And is that leading to something? How do you even measure these kind of things? What kind of measures do you think are even valid to apply? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. The term or the concept of human infrastructure isn't that old. Um, and we ourselves are still uh, working on how do we measure that exactly. That's that's something that's ongoing within bikes. Um, but something that we always work on and we ask bicycle mayors actually in the application is to set, um, to create a set of criteria that they're going to judge their own work on. Um, so in the application, as I mentioned, they, they speak about the challenges that their city has, their solutions. And then the next question is, okay, how are you going to base your success um, on those solutions? Um, and that's a really, really important point because it's key that these measures are, are specific, 
and that they're actually measurable. You can't just say, oh, I hope that there are more cyclists two years from now. Okay, but you know, how many cyclists do you want to have? What's realistic given the, the situation that your city is in? Um, and how are you going to uh, achieve that, right? So get even more specific of, okay, I want 200 more, more cyclists in a year, but I also want, I don't know, 500 people in total to have attended uh, my, uh, my critical mass, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a kind of stepping stone to, to, to achieving that goal. My work over the last two years has also focused on measuring the success of the Bicycle Merit Network as a whole. And um, yeah, that's been a, a really interesting process and really great. I think we're getting a lot better at that um, and uh, judging how, how much activity there is in the network, which is really mm -hmm. important. And so now we have uh, set criteria, set um, metrics um, so that we can tell, okay, the month of uh, June, how active has the network been? How many projects have been carried out? Uh, what do we need to do to activate the network more to help bicycle mares and something? Uh, so that's been a really interesting process, but it's been immensely helpful to have that data and be able to really look at hard numbers and say, okay, this is what, what we're doing right and, and this is what, what we're not. But I guess having a bunch of change makers and getting some activities and the discipline of doing some programs is a good enough start to say, while it is harder to measure outcomes, the outputs can definitely help speed this along and a bunch of activities on a continued basis or even a niche program that can continue to hold forth and you know you can continue to run certain things instead of just smaller pieces uh, would definitely be user kind of trying to understand where do you see the bicycle mayor network going from here right i mean it's it's a very useful tool it's gone this far it's achieved some outcomes so let's start with actually why don't we why don't we say before it grows into what do you think is, of course, other than the projects you said, what do you think is the key highlight of this network of 150 strong people plus or minus? And and then kind of use that as a leverage to tell me, where do you see this growing into? Is it is it in numbers? Are we looking at 300? Is that what is going to do? Or is 150 going to be more effective and can we see changes? How do you see this impact measurement from your side? Um, in terms of kind of moments that have been highlights over the last six, seven years, mm. um, I think that there's a lot to choose from. The summits were definitely moments where we saw a lot of action coming out of them and a lot of motivation. And so those were really, really inspiring. And we hope to be able to, to organize those more. Um, there are also, as you mentioned, milestones of growth when we reached 100 bicycle mares, 150 bicycle mares. That was really special. But I think something that was also really great is when during COVID, we were able to put out as a network, a united call uh, for a, a certain amount of measures that promoted the bicycle in that moment of crisis. And um, I think having such a global and at the same time united voice for the bicycle is really unique of the Bicycle Mayor Network. And so that is an example of the power of, of creating a platform like this. So that's, that's definitely a highlight. In terms of how we measure our success going forward and, and where we're going, um, growth is important uh, for sure. And we want to have bicycles in more cities. And there's also specific cities where we're like, wow, we could really have a lot of impact here. But I don't think it's, it's, the, key, uh, it's the key goal. I think, like I mentioned before, having, um, helping bicycles have an even closer relationship with their local government is really, really important. Um, mm. because when there's buy-in from the city and we've seen that in certain, uh, in certain bicycle mayor offices in certain cities, uh, where, where that has occurred, when that buy-in is there, 
um, the impact that a bicycle mayor can have is incredible. And sometimes it takes time um, to build that trust and build that legitimacy, which is why we find uh, why we sometimes prioritize um, quality over growth. So, for example, instead of aiming to grow in 50 more cities over the next few months, uh, it's more important to us that in the cities where we have had a bicycle mayor before and there's a term ending, there's someone mm-hmm. that's going to take over after. Because when we've seen that when there are several bicycle mayors that come one after another, the networks and the relationships that are built are so key and really make kind of the, the life the, the experience of the next bicycle mayor is so much easier. Um, to, just as an example, the bicycle mayor, the new bicycle mayor of uh, Lima in Peru, uh, Nilton, he took over from he took over from from Javier Flores, who did an incredible job at making the bicycle mayor role part of the uh, ad, cycling advocacy ecosystem of of the city. And so when Nilton entered the position, he already had the buy-in from the local transport agency and the local. Uh, whatever organization, you know? Um, And so he didn't have to spend the first six months of his tenure building those relationships because they were already there. So that's definitely a priority. And then I think the last thing to to add is that we we see the Bicycle Mayor Network as this incredible platform for, like I said, best practice, but also for for data extraction. So really trying Mm. What works in different cities. So hmm. having the bicycle mayor be a platform where we can launch pilots in different cities and see, okay, what has worked here, what hasn't worked here, and really use that as a way to inform cities, organizations, build best practices, build toolkits um, through the work that so many people are are doing. Um, so that's a next step. Um, I think that requires us to to find more resources and really build a, a methodology around that. Um, but that's what we have our, our eyes set on. What do you think a bicycle mayor needs to have minimally to consider himself or herself suitable for this role so that they are set up for success and not have to struggle after? I think that's a really good question. Maybe I'm going to start with a bit more of a of a posi- positive response because of, mm-hmm. more often than not, we have, instead of having too many people apply, we have people that should apply not applying because maybe they're a bit mm-hmm. shy. And, and so the first sure. thing I'll say is that it's a really inspiring, beautiful platform where beyond of beyond all the important work that that we've mentioned that we do, it's also a place of solidarity, right? Where people mm. who have the same mission um, help each other out, cheer each other on, and sometimes it's not easy to to fight this fight and constantly be struggling against you know the car centric paradigm and and politicians that aren't always the most open to to these suggestions. And so having a group of 140, 150 plus bicycle mares that are cheering you on and going through the same things is really, really important. So, so mm-hmm. I'll say that to, to answer your question. Um, I think a key thing, which I mentioned before is being someone that is well integrated in the local cycling community and also having some experience leading that cycling community, whether that's organizing, uh, events or bringing people together. Uh, I think it's important that people have some experience already doing the work and it's not that they see the bicycle mayor now the bicycle mayor position as okay i'm interested in promoting the bicycle and this is how i'm going to do it for the first time uh we, we we look for people that have some experience doing that and then i guess another thing is people that have some uh time availability uh mm. in general we're very aware that one this is a volunteer position and two people are really busy there are some people where their profession is promoting the bicycle where whether they have a kind of 
they have an organization that they work for them and, and that's what pays the bills. But there's also a lot of people where they do this on the side. So we're mm-hmm. very aware that there's a, there's a time limit, but I think it's important that you have some time. Um, and we estimate between four and, and eight hours a week. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think that really varies, but having some time that you can dedicate regularly to initiating projects or maybe um, joining regional calls uh, is important for, for the bicycle mayors themselves to get the most out of, out of the experience. Um, but I really, really encourage people to reach out uh, if they have these questions and if they have these doubts. I'm, me and the rest of the team are always super happy to, to chat with people and see whether this is a right fit. And if it's not, we also have uh, what, what we call the Bicycle Citizens Network, which is a kind mm. of, it's a network for people who maybe don't have as much experience or don't have as much time, but still want to be involved in some way. And what we do with them is sometimes we give them assets that they can share on social media. And oftentimes we also connect the bicycle citizens that are in cities where bicycle mayors exist. We connect them so that they can collaborate, right? And maybe, uh, who knows, maybe uh, a bicycle citizen that is working with a bicycle mayor gets enough experience that two years down the line, they become the next bicycle mayor, uh, which is Mm. really great. So So the bicycle mayor position for Bengaluru is always open. (laughs) Please feel free to apply. If you're uh, up for it, most of the cities, I think they should just apply. The interest is, like you said, is the first thing uh, and a little bit of time availability is all it is. It shouldn't be more complicated than that. The fact that you can think about transforming your city is good enough and you can start small and take inspiration from the network and uh, go forward. The most important question I have is why did you cycle 500 kilometers this past week? <laughs> Um, I cycled 500 kilometers, uh, with a friend actually from, from Utrecht in the Netherlands to, to Paris. Um, it's part of a solidary project called Thighs of Steel. Um, mm-hmm. and by cycling long distances, we fundraise for people who are displaced or are seeking asylum in Europe and face, um, massive challenges, whether that's legal challenges or, or otherwise. Um, and so by fundraising, um, by cycling really long distances, we hope to inspire people to, to donate and, uh, and also shed a light on this really important cause. And so we thought that, you know, what a more beautiful way to, to fundraise than by cycling a really, really long distance. Um, yeah. It was definitely a very crazy trip, but it was, um, it was very hard, but it was mm-hmm. yeah, really, really fulfilling as well, especially because we had a, a whole community around it. Um, and we had bicycle mares cheers, cheering us on and, and, yeah, loads of people taking part, which is really nice. Yeah, I was I was watching for the pictures. I hope you chose a flat route and didn't have to climb the Alps or something. So no, thankfully we <laughs> we, we, we we just missed them. Just just missed them. That's uh, very inspirational. A lot of a lot of the bicycle mayors I've seen do inspirational stuff, and I am personally inspired by a lot of people uh, who've been doing varying things. Of course, I put my head down and doing my own stuff here. Uh, but just uh, I do catch up on a lot of the happenings around and through the network stories and having participated, the Bicycle Mayor Network program has been transformational. And I can vouch for the fact that if you put your mind to it, uh, the platform is an exceptional way to scale uh, transformation. But uh, I would like you to look f- look ahead knowing what the bicycle mayors are doing and how their cities are. What do you see as the future of cycling? I mean, positively, yes, we need it. We are all chasing it. It needs to be the uh, urban transformation tool and we can see that it is. And uh, But practically, 
what are these trajectories the the, the the bogotas of the world the cape towns of the world the bengalurus of the world they are all traveling at different speeds where do you see these uh, things and how far ahead of work do we have uh, in promoting cycling not promoting cycling making cycling politically at least uh, not a barrier yeah i think we we've got our work cut out for us uh, like i mentioned i think there's been a huge boom in the last few years and uh, mm-hmm. we have to leverage that and and, be, and continue that momentum um i think international organizations have a big role to play um mm-hmm. in uh influencing local politics um and you know making cycling not uh, an apolitical issue in a way um it, it is a political issue in that it you know it has uh huge importance for people's daily lives but what i mean by apolitical is that it's it's an obvious choice for for any politician no matter what what party you uh you you belong to um and i think also there's another side of that which is capacitating people uh to bring about these changes um i was reading this morning that there's a there's a new initiative to capacitate uh 10,000 bicycle urban planners um i'm not sure if it's globally or or in europe or or, or what the demographic is but um but yeah i think that's where we need to head to and uh i hope that you know the bolotas of the world can help the cape towns of the world or can help other cities and that's partly what we're trying to do with the bicycle mayor network right um make sure that those lessons are are taken elsewhere and that's maybe another reason for people to want to join the network or for cities to want to have a bicycle mayor is that not you open the channel to both receive but also give to the world um the the things that are being done right uh where where you are on that wonderful note uh thanks simon for coming on the show and uh giving us a nice overview of the bicycle mayor program i think we should take this opportunity to call out to many people across the countries and wherever else they are who are interested in transforming their cities using the bicycle as a tool for transportation get us towards a better future i think this platform of the bicycle mayor network is one powerful tool i have personally been a beneficiary of leveraging the network leveraging the platform and being able to do things that impact lives and uh, hopefully people can come in with an open mind and be willing to learn network and enrich themselves and the network in the bargain because you need to give to the network also when you try to take something from the network and it's important to see how we can add value as well take this opportunity to ask people to like subscribe and share these videos uh, and uh, thanks a bunch simon looking forward to talking more with you and uh, hearing of your exploits what next after 500 kilometers <laughs> Well, first off, thanks so much Satya for for having me. It was a real pleasure uh talking with you and it's always also a real pleasure seeing the great work that you do as as bicycle mayor of Bengaluru. In terms of next exploits uh, or adventures cycling, um later in July I'll be doing a trip in in the Basque country, which I'm really looking forward to. I think beautiful. it'll be it'll be beautiful. It might be a bit too warm, so uh <laughs> I'll have to bring a lot of water with me. Um but yeah, really really looking forward to that. All right guys um thanks for watching the show and see you all next week thank you for having me yep.